You were born to create a podcast moving artists from passion to profession and aspiring creatives to gain confidence, emotional well-being and direction in life through the discovery of their creativity with your host, Maria Richards, transformational art coach, artist, entrepreneur and mentor presented to you by Art of You. Welcome to Born to Create. This is Maria, artist, creativity advocate, transformational art coach, art therapist, and art business coach, helping artists and the ones who feel they are not creative to bring their creations into the world with the power of purpose and creativity. Born to Create is a podcast helping to shift the perception and relationship to creativity in the world and help move artists from their passion into their purpose-driven vocation and aspiring creatives to gain connection and direction in life through the discovery of their creativity. In this podcast, I host artists' interviews where the artists share their stories revealing their relationship to creativity and where they open up about the challenges as well as the successes of that relationship. I hope this podcast helps you to unleash your self-expression and unlock new possibilities in life. May the episodes bring you joy, give you confidence in yourself and in your intuition, the courage to take those leaps, trust in yourself and the universe and inspiration to ignite your soul. For a copy of the free ebook, Born to Create, go on to www.borntocreate.artofyou.com with art-of-you and it will be sent straight to your inbox. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who may benefit from hearing it. Now, enjoy this episode. All right, so I'm really excited to be here with Mark Dollamore. He is a visual artist who works conceptually uh, from a systems and perception research viewpoint, and he spends his life investigating the Jungian phenomenon, synchronicity. So I'm really excited to have you here, Mark. Um, thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me, Maria. My absolute pleasure. I've been really intrigued when I found your profile on LinkedIn uh, with your artwork, which is, um, yeah, actually a discovery and that you are sharing with the world. Probably the last, I would say. Say that again? I'd say the first and probably the last in fine art, I would say, because up to now there hasn't really been a discovery. Yeah. If you count something like... uh, Linear perspective. Mm. And that wasn't really discovered by an artist. It was discovered by Brunelleschi, who was an architect. Wow. So actually, let's jump straight in there. That is so intriguing. So tell us more about this discovery. Well, uh, because I work in a systems approach, and the system in question manipulates binary codes from from ancient China, from the Bronze Age. And it's actually from the oldest book known to man, or the oldest book constantly used by man. So it's about 3,000 years old. But the, the binary codes themselves have hidden information and that is the discovery that I that my process or my my uh, system reveals. That in itself came through 
my pursuit of synchronicity, which is a, a research into this um, Jungian phenomena, which is unexplained, called synchronicity, but it's more commonly thought of as meaningful coincidence. And, you know, this occurs in everyone's life to a greater or lesser degree. So sort of we're all in the same boat, but it, it happened to me at a particular point. It sort of descended on me in my late 20s and uh, just stayed there. And since it was hanging around, I decided to pursue it. And then it just grew, you know, and it, it took me off from from where I was living in London to uh, travel around a bit. It took me to Brazil first for three years and then off to Canada and back to Brazil and then back to Europe. Mm-hmm. So it's a phenomena that is a guiding force that you can use and develop as a guiding force in your life and also in my case to produce this art discovery Mm, yeah and synchronicity is is, as you mentioned like a guiding force and lots of people may be experiencing it some people have heard from it don't really know what it is um and you started to mention what it is i'm curious about to hear perhaps about until you've discovered or found a synchronicity in in your life, um, how was it before, before synchronicity for you? Well, I was always interested in Jung, Carl Jung, who um, he was the psychoanalyst, the father of psychoanalysis and things like dream analysis. Um, And he collaborated at one point in his career with... um, the Sinologist, Richard Wilhelm, and his son, Gottfried Wilhelm. Is it Gottfried? Something like that. (laughs) He uh, provided the foreword for the um, Wilhelm Baines version of Wilhelm's translation of the I Ching Mm -hmm. into German originally, and then the Baines version is is into English. Uh, So from that point... Um, that was in my mid-teens. I, I got interested in both the I Ching and Carl Jung, and this is what sort of took me on my path through into the arts, because it's partially, at least, about the internal world, the yeah, the internal world and the creative world, sort of joining through symbols and one's unexplained impressions, such as synchronicity and things like déjà vu and another phenomenon parapraxis which is another word for freudian slip in your life you find that there are moments when all these sort of unconscious intentions of, of something seemingly more s- smart than we are come into to come into consciousness and we can see that there's something within the unconscious something we can connect with or tune into mm-hmm. and it was that process of tuning in that uh, or my desire to tune in that um, probably took me into that area where synchronicity came out overnight. I mean, it wasn't intended, but it it seems to me that uh, all circumstances in our lives are driving us towards a certain realisation. Synchronicity is is sort of like a fast track, if you will, Um, because life isn't that long. So if you ignore all this stuff, then you're sort of going to not get to the spiritual nitty-gritty mm. of what uh, life can be about, what creativity and art can be about. I mean, since the mid-19th century, it's, it's a, a well-known fact that uh, 
art and reception and perception research are you know they're linked from the impressionists onward especially where you get to things like uh, surrealism and so the the part of, about synchronicity so almost like you went onto this journey um from from before really being into the i ching and and young and um and then having overnight almost like synchronicity experience and the art discovery that you've discovered is also so, sort of like that message that you that you want to share with the world about you know how synchronicity works that's kind of like a proof to tell me more about that i think in your, from your words it's uh... <laughs> well yeah i mean before i got the sort of revelation or epiphany of synchronicity i was investigating the inner world and and uh, things like dreams but also aspirational forces in uh, society and the way it links into jung's ideas of an inner self like the what he calls the anima in in man and mm -hmm. animus in woman um but the anima is a sort of complementary opposite and it's largely unconscious so I, i was sort of using fashion imagery and aspirational imagery from advertising things like this to create my image my impression of my in, both my inner desires and needs and this idea of a of a force working and pushing us from inside and from outside simultaneously so it's like a push me pull you thing mm -hmm. but the more we recognize it it's it's links to our uh, our search our inner search for beauty then beauty in our lives is important and uh, you know we we should all not skimp on on that search because without it you know life is empty so it came to me at a certain point because of of a crisis in in my path in life i i thought something was going to happen it didn't and i was almost sort of like the the rug was pulled under from under me at a certain point and it, and it sort of sent me helter skelter and that started with the uh, with the synchronicity and and putting doubt into my mind into the the nature of reality in fact because unless you have synchronicity in sequences that um, that that make you question reality then it's something you dismiss almost immediately even though it might be curious and and uh, you know enchanting is something you almost immediately dismiss whereas if it comes in long sequences there's you cannot deny it because it has to be something real if you can interact with the world this way and it tells you stuff it guides you here it guides you there and it and you find stuff mm. right now in my my pursuit of it for oh, to to reach the discovery that I'm that I um describe in my website and and what my art is what my art's about you know that that was a four year long slog getting there yeah and and all of all of the your story and everything is on the website so i do encourage everyone to go and have a read um tell perhaps if you can give um to some of the viewers or listeners um maybe an example of how synchronicity might look like 
So some might have that feeling or that, okay, I understand it might be numbers or it might be. Uh, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. so it depends on your thoughts at any one moment in time. It's really about your internal questioning and the way nature comes along in your environment, in your immediate environment often, uh, and using metaphors. So it's, it's, it's about the way you are receptive to the world. And, and, and I was primed in that sense because I'd, I'd read a lot of stuff of Jung's about symbols and the way symbolism uh, can speak to you. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be, for example, um, I'll take an example from, from the story that I've written down in the, in the website there. I'd had uh, an experience, a sleepless night full of these sort of events. And in the morning, I woke up and, and the world seemed to have changed. Didn't look the same somehow, although everything was the same, I suppose, um, physically. It's just the way my perception had shifted a little bit, perhaps. And I was asking myself if the events of the night before were a dream or if it was what what was it? Was it something real? And um, there was a very, very loud thump in, in the building, just one, which had never happened before like that. And I assumed some, something very heavy had fallen over in somebody else's unit. Because I was living in a warehouse at the time, and uh, that seemed to answer me. And uh, at the same time, there were sort of birds, like, Hitch like in a Hitchcock film, they were sort of tweeting at me through the window at uh, sitting on the, the crane gantry outside, and it was sort of very surreal. So it was a confluence of – these synchronicities are confluences of events that uh, seem out of the ordinary and through metaphor and symbolism can give you a reply or an answer to your inner thoughts. Mm. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it's very personal, isn't it? Because like for somebody, yeah. that experience from the outside, from somebody else might not... Be totally meaningless. Yeah, it'd be totally meaningless. But for you, there's this sense that, of feeling, yeah, this knowing. That is part of the danger, because when people do get this, they think, oh, did you see that? Or they try and explain to other people. Of course, they're not only disbelieved, but they're, you know, their sanity is questioned. So, um, yeah, it's very difficult to to open up and share that kind of experience with anyone except, well, my decision was to to pursue it and see where it took me. Yeah. And um, I, and I, I can totally relate to what you're saying. Like when I have synchronicity happen in my life and I'm trying to explain that to my partner, oh, my God, did you sort of see that or this has happened to me? It's it's you can't it's not something that you can really really share so it's very personal and I um I'm now and for me like one of the experiences would be that that always helps me for some something better an internal shift that it actually creates it's like almost sometimes a confirmation of an intuition mm. that, that I might have doubted before but then that's yeah. giving me clarity or something so it always has some sort of really positive transformation shift that maybe otherwise I wouldn't have dead to believe in or something like that yeah obviously that's one side of it, of it so how and of course it's taking you on that journey but like how what difference has it made in your life to have that synchronicity rather than without well all the difference <laughs> <laughs> i don't really retain much of what i was before um 
I was an atheist. I was brought up as an atheist. And uh, so it all came as rather a shock to the system. And it's the, I suppose, an example, the confirmation of, of that biblical affirmation, ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're asking questions within yourself, synchronicity will come along and in metaphorical terms, it will reply to you. So if it happens to you, the, the more you ask questions or the more you see responses and pursue them, the more it happens. So it's like a feedback loop. It is feedback, basically, from what I understand. It's feedback with the spirit of nature, mm. Yeah. simply put. Yeah. So in terms of actually that feedback with nature and creativity, I'm now thinking the the connection. Yeah. One of the reasons I obviously do this this podcast as well, one you know, to to have to give the artists a voice to share their story, but also to inspire the listeners to almost believe or um, connect to their creativity. And I'm curious what where you feel that sort of correlation might be between creativity, that feedback of nature and synchronicity. Well, for me, it's everything. Um, I think unless you've experienced that kind of, the coherence of that kind of event, even though it's not rationality, it's the intuitive mind is a magical thing. And a lot of people dismiss magic because it's scientifically unproven. (laughs) Um, But magical things, when they happen to you, are real to you. And if you don't trust them, then you're you're not going to go anywhere with it. So it becomes a dead end. But if you pursue it and bring to it your, your rationality also, you don't have to go off beam and into fairyland i mean it's uh, it's about finding your own relationship to nature from your own interior and asking it for stuff asking it for answers mm-hmm. yeah so that that trust towards yourself towards your intuition and towards the answers that you're actually getting when you're asking questions that i think the world um struggles with right this not not, yeah, not, not from nature, but but I guess like when we see lots of chaos and all the struggles and separations and, you know, I see a correlation with people not listening or including me in the past as well. And obviously still, you know, asking for feedback all the time, sometimes to what's my intuition, what's my ego. Um, but uh, that that's, I guess, like the, the crux of the situation, right, for kind of like the struggles in life as well. Well. I think particularly for the artist, it's an important um, it's an important process to develop uh, because aside from you know learning about art history or learning about artists that you you, you find worthwhile, where do you get your inspiration? It, it comes from inside mm-hmm. mainly. Um, you know, certainly the way things other artists work, you can you know not exactly imitate them, although imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So I'm not, I'm sure that that wouldn't be perturbed by that, but you need to find something from within that uh, comes from a self-educated process um, that will inform your creativity and uh, something that will build. It's not about the images themselves. It's about 
the process of self of educating yourself into your own creative potentials in my view mm. yeah beautiful no, absolutely how did you um like how did you find i mean i know you've shared it with me but now for for the listeners how did you find those symbols or those um discoveries your artwork that's changed that's shifted into obviously through the synchronicity to become the art that you make um how did that come together the the the, the process came together really over a long weekend and as i mentioned before it was four years of inquiry and and um familiarization with with the uh, synchronicity that came to me and and ways of interpreting it uh, that became more and more clear to me mm-hmm. as the more i did it, it became clearer and clearer but the the process of of uh, making that discovery came over a long weekend and it was a particularly significant one because it was started on the 14th of october 1987 that's that was a friday and it finished on the monday the 17th if i'm remembering right the 14th or that friday was the day of the um michael is it michael fish the weather reader weather presenter who uh, said oh somebody phoned in and said uh, there's a storm coming or there's a hurricane coming don't worry there isn't <laughs> <laughs> It was wrong. Right. <laughs> that was that Friday. Right. And that was the day I found in the in the I Ching, there's, there's two, well, there's the main um, binary coded sequence called the King Wen sequence. Mm-hmm. That's the sequence that the, the hexagrams are laid out in, starting with the creative, then the receptive, then difficulty at the beginning. Etc. But there's a, in um, Wilhelm's translation, he he had a bit of intellectual fun by devising his own sequence of uh, the hexagrams, and they um, they're, they're a bit sort of like a visual palindrome. So it it's more of a pattern than it is to do with the actual meaning or interpretations of those codes. It's more about the mathematical arrangement and. On that day, the Friday, I decided that uh, I would use both those um, sequences and try and find a way to devise a interference pattern mm-hmm. between them. This decision-making process was uh, was performed in uh, consultation with my interlocutor, the spirit of nature, mm-hmm. and. It's, its answers came to me through synchronistic events. So that was a process that maybe took a few hours to resolve and, and get to that point. And then I spent the weekend uh, writing out these codes on a large piece of paper and doing a sort of mandala drawing. And it was, in fact, the the mandala that is the key to uh, producing the interference pattern between them. Mm. And that pattern comes about using a very, very simple formula uh, that is responsible for deciding which hexagrams go into each set. Mm-hmm. I've probably lost about 95% of your audience by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really intriguing like to 
you know, something that you've channeled through, you know, and I, I think like these inventions or like inventions or, um, you know, when, when all these great thinkers in the past or um, have created something that hasn't happened before and it came through channeled, it's, all, it's almost, it's, it's like that. You've channeled something through that, that just came together from all of a sudden having that idea that you mentioned through this mm. relationship and, and, and come up with this. If, if, I find it so intriguing, like to how, how you've gotten there and mm. how that's formed. And well, yeah, I mean, and with that came a great sense of certainty that I was on the right track. I didn't yet know mm. what what that was, but I, I know I was, I was absolutely convinced that this was a great thing. So I didn't sort of bumble around trying different combinations, one or the other. No, I found it. That was it. Mm. Yeah. And then on the Monday, I did the the actual um combinations and built the symbolism within the window of the mandala called the jewel mandala because it looks like a the looks like the uh, facets of a jewel um but people can see that image in the triptych uh link in the text mm-hmm. of my website mm-hmm. um yeah so and the, and the formula is very very simple. It ba- basically, it combines the position code of the hexagram in the sequence with its mirror image mm-hmm. in numerical terms. So you give each each symbol a two-digit code. So the one two nine is o one o two o three etc. So that all of them have got a two-digit code. So that when you reverse that code. There's the partner with that one. Okay. Mm. Um, and then you do that in both codes, and then you add the starting position code as a hexagram. Mm. People won't know what that is either, but <laughs> it's yeah. all methodical. It's all systematic. Yeah. And the way they're arranged is also methodical and systematic. There's no, I decided to put that one there because it felt right sort of thing. No, it's they're all in a sequence. Yeah. And. And the the interesting thing about that is the way that subsequently, when they're arranged like that in a a pyramid that starts at the top and zigzags all the way down, um, the central symbolism turns out to be highly significant and obviously messianic in a way, Mm. in that it, it is a simply drawn image of nature's spirit of beauty a butterfly mm-hmm. and you know it's drawn in five lines if you ask anyone to draw a butterfly in five lines they'll they'll have to think a bit but if you ask them then oh it's got to have four wings a body a head and t- two antenna mm-hmm. they'll go oh, that's impossible mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the image that came out and it's Right now, it's it's just really intriguing because um, you know it it just shows as well and it puts it right into perspective how art or you know creativity is so inherently connected, like it's like expression of the soul, right? In some way, and you literally have expressed through visual art um, almost the DNA of I don't know existence or how would, how might you call it like some wisdom. Um, well, there's certainly an unconscious um, force within us uh, that where we become creative, we strengthen it through receptivity to something 
unconscious, we strengthen it. Um, and, and I think that's really the only way that you can invent things, find something creative, is, is looking within. Mm. Um, and it's all intuitive. It's, it reminds me, obviously, from, from being an art therapist as well and using art as a way to gain new information. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it hasn't brought anything like this, but it brings stuff out from the subconscious that we're not consciously aware of. And then we can see it in front uh, yeah. of our eyes yeah. and it, it tells you something rather than us interpreting or telling what the image is, like how some people perceive art is, but it's actually... It's showing so much wisdom more than we can probably imagine and way more. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like a, an intuitive wisdom we can tune ourselves into uh, the more we try, but you can't really try it. It's, it's a, uh, the more you try, the further you get away from it in the end. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's not really a trying, it's, a, it's an opening up of our receptivity. And, and to that end, I found uh, meditation and uh, trance states and things like this uh, accentuate it and bring it uh, more clearly out of yourself. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Well, um, I'm just aware of time and it's always when the conversation is uh, so interesting that time flies. <laughs> it feels to me like it's just flown by. Um, but like what would... What is it, that inherent message that you really want to give from your words? Um, what the purpose is of this discovery, that message that sort of like the, the listeners here are sort of supposed to hear, I guess? Well, I, I've built up a, a thesis and a theory and a uh, project using the discovery itself as a vehicle for human beings to engage with nature in something called the Gaia effect. It's, it's a hypothesis that was developed by um, Lovelock in the 70s when um, environmental concerns first surfaced. And I think that is the way to go. We, we all have to tune into nature so that we can motivate, motivate ourselves to uh, pursue a more Gaia-like existence, more harmonious more homogeneous and holistic mm. because if we approach things from the top down you know our reasonable uh, decisions i mean it's our reasonable decisions that have got us into this mess mm. mm -hmm. yeah so i think we need a vehicle to connect with nature mm. and that's what i believe that the this discovery that what i call the pyramid art mm. which is a triptych by the way it's not just the pyramid yeah. but that's the most iconic part of it of course because it looks like a language and in fact when you study it the more you study it you see that it is a language mm. but it's something that you have to personally interact with it's not something that you can learn from other people it's, it's a matter of study yeah. and it's that connection that i think is that's my message yeah. we have to do that or we're going to run around like chickens with heads cut off yeah. and and nothing is going to get done and and that's beautiful thank you so much for coming here today to, to share that i think you know we can take from this so much from you know the importance of really connecting to your intuition and being connected to nature and be come more from the intuition and from the heart rather than from the head and 
it's just such an important message and how creativity is inherently connected and gets you there. Yeah. I definitely, and, yeah. and I would add. <laughs> yeah, go on, add. <laughs> uh, I've worked, I'm working up a project that everyone can get involved in and it involves initially, I, I find it rather uh, difficult to say because it sounds self-serving but the discovery pyramid art is something bigger than me and it needs to be uh, brought to the world explosively mm. so that everyone can see and consider it because it is such a, a groundbreaking discovery evidence of mm. a divine being a force beyond the individual and a way to connect with it so, and I believe that if we go that route, we can change uh, industrialized civilization without any pain by basically abandoning a lot of the rubbish and focusing on individual creativity, our individual relationship with that force of nature and expressing what we've come up with, what we've discovered as individuals. And that is what it has real value. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone being in touch within themselves um, and expressing their own truth. You know, it's, yeah, agree with that. And so I encourage everyone to um, get involved. And, you know, I've got all the links underneath this podcast from papalona.guru and all about um, Mark's pyramid art and, everything about it from the story before and and also with a, a a test what was it called again it's a not a test it's almost like the synchronicity trigger well, thing it's synchronicity on demand Half on demand that's it yeah <laughs> because it's so rare in most people's lives that um, they don't know what i'm on about <laughs> <laughs> so i've, I've created a, an interface which uses um quantum generated numbers and basically it provides clues not as numbers as alphabetical clues and using your intuition you can confirm that you're connected with nature somewhere deep down you just don't realize it but when you when you work with it and practice it you see it talks to you you can get advice from it yeah. it's synchronicity on demand mm. Um, so yeah, go and explore that. And I, I just want to add to that, you know, the how our how we get so many images per day in our minds as well that actually is your intuition talking to you. And the amount of times that people just dismiss thoughts or feelings or images that come, you know, that actually could be is a message as well from your intuition. Um, yeah. To actually practice that is is yeah. Yeah, the more you pay attention to, to the mm. meaning of what's going on inside, yeah. the more uh, information, coherent information you can find that you can use and apply. We, we have, of course, many uh, priorities that we are required to pursue, you know, to earn a living, God knows what else. Um, but there's, there's a theme there that um, is not... It's not obvious, but it's it's a kind of solution, if you will, mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff we could preoccupied with, we could easily do without if we had something to replace it with. Mm. Absolutely. So um, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I hope it reaches 
um, as many people as possible. Um, I think it's a really important and groundbreaking discovery. And um, thank you so much for coming, Mark. Um, we're going to end it here. <laughs> and all the best to everyone listening. All the information is below. You were born to create a podcast moving artists from passion to profession and aspiring creatives to gain confidence, emotional well-being and direction in life through the discovery of their creativity. With your host, Maria Richards, transformational art coach, artist, entrepreneur and mentor presented to you by Art of You.